Bylog is connection, conversation, community. We believe life is better when we are connecting through relationships. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk about when God lets you fail. Sometimes when we do something, we embark upon something, a vision that we know that God has given us. And we assume that because he has given us a vision, that that means that we will succeed at it in our definition of success. But we need to take into consideration God's definition of success. In 2012, I embarked upon a a journey that that had been in my heart from a child from the time I was a teenager. And I had determined that even though everything wasn't in place that I had intended to be in order to do this, that I would do it anyway, because there were certain things that were in place and I would proceed. I put certain stipulations, parameters, so that, you know, with the elements that I felt were needed at the time, or at the beginning and as a teenager, but were missing at the present time so that I would be successful. What ended up happening was that I failed and I felt very guilty about the failure because I felt like I gave my word about something and this included a life. Nobody died. It just included the trajectory of someone's life. And I could not keep up my end, not because I couldn't or that I didn't want to. It's just that I felt that there were uh, different aspects of support that I expected to have. There was a certain vision and expectation that I have of the parties that were involved um, and those were shattered if I went into that process with rose-colored glasses, I came out with glasses that were pitch black because my my expectation, my view of the situation, my view of the process, my view of the people involved were a certain way. And it just really got shattered and shattered beyond recognition. And it was devastating to me. And I realized that it was either me or them. And I chose to save myself. Now, when God approached me three years later, this time he approached me. The first time he didn't, it was just a desire in my heart. This time he approached me specifically. And I had figured, well, that was just something I wanted to do. And I didn't, you know, it. I didn't do it. I didn't succeed at it. So I'm going to move on onto something else. But it was still in my heart. But I decided to ignore that. Now God approached me and told me that he wanted me to do it. And I said, no. I said, absolutely not. I just did that. That did not go well. Everything is going to be against me. Um, I, how am I even going to, to come out on the other side of that? Look what happened to me. It nearly took me out 
And I, I cannot see myself doing that to myself again. So as I proceeded on with my day and the words, his words reverberated in my mind and in my spirit, I thought about it and I said, okay, I'll do it. But, and I gave many stipulations about how this was going to go. I laid a whole blueprint out about how this was supposed to go. I did not wait for his okay. I just said, this is what's going to happen. And okay, now I'm going to do it. And now we'll move forward from there. And once again, going into it, (laughs) but this time it was on God, not on people. You know, this is what I expect from you in this process. I expect for you to make it not that hard for me to be with me, to give me favor, you know, to, you know, make the process go more quickly and, you know, a bunch of different stipulations. What ended up happening was the total opposite. What ended up happening was a complete repeat, like a deja vu of what happened the first time. And then I came to the same point that I had come to the few years prior, which was either I'm going to, you know, somebody is going to be saved here and it's either me or them. And it's, I'm going to, you know, I want to save myself. But with that failure at the back of my mind, or to me, what was a failure? It was as if I didn't pull the plug on it, but I just, it was as if I was in the middle of an ocean with no land in sight. And God had gifted me something precious that I had on a lifeboat or a raft that I was pulling along, but I was in the water. And so I was, and then I'm trying to swim keeping this precious cargo that he had gifted me, trying to get to land, trying to get to safety. Storms are coming, not big storms, but, you know, storms are coming and I'm still trying to shelter to keep the water out of the raft, to keep that precious cargo safe and realize that I still don't see land. Every storm that comes is a bigger one than the next. But maybe if I let go of this precious cargo, I can swim faster. I can swim longer when it's just me that I have to look out for. And then I can get to land somehow. And God approached me and said, you can let it go. And I said, really? And then I said, but what's going to happen to what you gifted me? He gave no answer, but I thought about it and I said, well, you know, I felt that the cargo, if I let go of it and saved myself, it would ultimately be fine, but it would probably end up going through a lot that it wouldn't have needed to go through if I had held on. So at that point, instead of laying there in the water floating, going neither here nor there, just in a place of motionlessness, I decided to continue. I decided that if God thought enough about me to trust me again, that I wasn't going to fail this time. And if this took me out, it was going to take me out still holding on to what he gave me. And I realized that that process took 
uh, years to complete. We finally got to land. The cargo I covered and God covered me. I came out of that bruised and battered. The storms got much worse. They pitched me to and fro up against the rocks. I came out bleeding. I came out bloody. I came out malnourished. But the cargo was safe. And so at the end of all of that, I got to the end. And I did what he asked me. I covered what he gave me this time. I didn't let go. And he covered me. And not only did he cover me with what he had gifted me, he gifted me, but he multiplied what he gifted me. So he told me and he gifted me one precious cargo, but at the end he multiplied that and gave me three more. So I saw that that first time was not a failure because ultimately what he wanted for me to do, what he wanted to give to me, I could not fail at that. So it was as if he put me in a race where it was a test race, but I didn't know that. But in that race, I grew stronger. I became a stronger swimmer. I became more strategic. I became more, I had more endurance. If I went under, I could hold my breath longer. So it didn't take me out. I knew how to dodge certain aspects of things, certain obstacles. I became wiser. I didn't rely on people to help me, but I relied on God as my compass. So the second time I ignored people and I focused on God and how he directed me, how he directed me to the land. My eyes were solely on him. Even if I saw land or what looked like land and he didn't say that that's where I was supposed to go, I didn't go. I stayed in the water and kept on swimming to the land that he had for me. And so if I had not gone through that first race and gained the strength, got my expectations shattered so that it can be put in the right place, I would have failed the even bigger vision of what he had for me. And I want to encourage because a lot of times we have something that we know and we feel so strongly in our hearts and our spirits that God gave for us to do and we do it and we fail. And then we think to ourselves or we're failing at it and we think to ourselves, well, if it was something that God wants me to do. And I feel so strongly that it was, but maybe I was wrong because if I really heard from God, then it would be easy. 
I wouldn't be struggling this much. This much wouldn't be coming against me. And I had to realize that that was absolutely not true. If when God puts something inside of each of us, it's to break something, break chains, break a stronghold, break someone out of what is not of him. And there is an enemy of our soul. And that that stronghold will not go or be broken very easily. There were times that the precious cargo that he gave me was jumping out of trying to jump out the canoe and I had to yank them back into the canoe while trying to make sure that, you know, everything was in there, everything was safe, everything was covered, but still trying, you know, focusing on where God was directing me, still focusing on avoiding certain obstacles, navigating the waters, navigating obstacles that we could not avoid and still keeping the cargo that he gave me safe, keeping them covered, even though it was depleting me. I think that if we look at failures as learning experiences and God doesn't allow things to happen to diminish us or to decrease us, but to increase us. Sometimes we feel as if something is a test and we failed, but what if we decided to look at what we learned from the experience, what we took away from the experience? Because if it's something that he really wants you to do, it will come back again. But if it comes back again and we go back into it with the same old mindset that we had previously, then we're bound to fail again. If we never learn the lesson, the lesson repeats. Because the same exact thing happened again. And once again, I went into it with rose-colored glasses, not depending on people, but now depending on God that you're going to do this for me and this is just going to be easy. You're going to take care of all of that and I won't have to to suffer anything. I won't have to, you know, and, but I went into it and that's, you know, and I nearly crashed and burned again until I decided that I'm not going to wait for him to save me and just lay there and wait for him to save me. But I'm going to move forward and go after him. He's guiding me somewhere. And sometimes I couldn't tell where he was guiding me. I knew he was there, but I wasn't hearing him at times. But I knew he was there because I would see the favor. I would see, I would see his hand. I would see his fingerprints and stuff. But when I, I would ask him certain things, to clarify certain things for me, to tell me, okay, you know, where are we going now? What's around that curve? He wouldn't say. And I had to learn to trust him blindly what he told me. And ultimately what I came out on the other side of that is whatever he asked me to do, I'm going to do. I, I'm not going to question it and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to, of course, do my due diligence as far as I can, but I am going to do what he asks me to do without question. And even if that means I have to wrestle with myself, which I have had to do, and I honestly still do 
with certain things, I have to wrestle with myself to get myself into alignment with what he wants. But my answer is yes. And then I take care of getting myself into alignment, getting my mind into alignment, getting my will into alignment later. I don't hesitate on what he asks me to do. I, yes, and then I walk forward and all the while getting myself in alignment. And so um, that's what I have learned and what I came out on the other side with. And I will say to this point, uh, just an example, because a lot of times, as I said, we know God wants us to do something and we feel it so strongly, but our mind gets in the way, especially if it's something where we can't see how it's going to happen or how is this going to work. And, but we have to take what we have learned and what he is showing us and continue to proceed. And even if we're taking missteps, because not everything's going to be perfect, you may go down this path and realize, oh, shouldn't have gone there. I need to turn back around. But if we have a continual mindset of learning and taking the wisdom, taking the wisdom from the experience. Okay, I tried this, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? Okay, let me make a note of that. And then we go after it again and try this new way and the Holy Spirit will help you. He's right there and he'll help you. I'll give this example of um, my, and it was very interesting. I always felt that my oldest daughter was pretty intuitive to certain things like to, you know, of course there's a natural world, there's a spiritual world and, you know, and I felt that she was very pretty attuned to the underlyings of what's happening just beneath the surface of what we can see. So when we were, I would say this was 2018 and I still had a desire in my heart um, to proceed despite what was going on previously to not let the pain stop me and we were going to um, adopt another child. And so I said to my daughter, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, um, you know, bring another child. There's an, you know, another child out there that needs a home and we're going to be a home for that child. And so she immediately went and got two babies, two of her dolls, and she came and brought them to me. And then she pointed to the bracelet on her hand. I gave her for her um, first gift from me was a bracelet and we have matching bracelets. So she came and she brought me two dolls and pointed to her bracelet. I looked at her bracelet and this is something I had wrote in my journal. And I didn't even remember that I did until I was looking back a few weeks ago. I wrote that she had pointed to her bracelet, but her bracelet didn't, you know, unclasp. So she didn't need me to fix it. So I wrote what I said to her. Oh, you know, it's going to be a girl because she brought me two girl babies and I actually was looking for a boy. 
And so, and I'm like, and they're going to have a bracelet like yours. And once again, I had, I did not remember this conversation until a few weeks ago. So we got a call about a little girl and we took in that girl and that girl ended up going to family. And so when we proceeded with this again, and I said, well, okay, we're going to still move forward. I know that, you know, there is another child. And so we got the call. All of a sudden, I had put in an interest for a little boy. And so when I got the call and they said they had good news, I said, oh, is it about, you know, the little boy? And they said, no, it's about, you know, the twins. Now, interestingly, what had happened before we had the little baby is we were a temporary um, home for the weekend for twin girls. What ended up happening is when we got the call regarding the baby, they only ended up staying overnight because the baby was a newborn that we had to pick up from the hospital that very day. And so they ended up going to another home for the rest of the weekend. I didn't think anything of it. Um, They were only going to be there for the weekend temporarily. And then they were going to go back, you know, to the home that they were in. And so this is a year later now. Now she said, it's about the twins. I'm like, the twins? Um, And I'm, I, I don't know what she's talking about. And then she, then I remembered, I'm like, oh, the two girls that were with us before. And she said, yes. We are looking for a permanent placement for them. And I was like, wow, I, cause I'm like, Lord, I said one, one, one child at a time. You're going to give me two, you know, at one time. And so I, I didn't hesitate. I said, yes, I'm going to say yes to that. And so when do you, when do they need to, to be here? And she said that night. Now she called me at 5.30. She was going to drop them off at around 6.30. So I had an hour to get ready for two more children. They were uh, about uh, um, almost two, a month shy of two at that time. So now I have to get beds. I, I need to tell the children, um, okay, this is what we're doing. Um, and just like, oh my God. And so as soon as I got off the phone, I'm like, what am I doing? But I, I said, I did it. Now, fast forward a year later, they, we are all together. We are all family. Everything has been finalized. And I'm looking at my journal and I see what I wrote. The two dolls that my daughter had brought to me with the bracelets because interestingly enough they came three weeks before their second birthday and I had determined that my daughter had a bracelet and I was going to get them bracelets too for their birthdays and so I was very adamant about doing that and so I did that and I when I read this I'm like oh my god this is she gave me she brought me two girl dolls, two twins, because the dolls were exactly alike except for the color of their clothes and her bracelet. But I was looking at a boy and I'm like, look how that came to pass. It was like, to me, it was mind blowing. But my point in that is jumping forward, 
you know, I could have looked at the one child because I said, Lord, whoever needs a permanent home, bring them. You know, I'll do as many as I have space for. But that one child ended up leaving. I could have looked at that and been so devastated because I was very sad about that and, 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 you know, devastated about that. But I could have let that stop me. But I decided, you know, I'm going to wipe the tears and we're going to get up because there is another child out there that needs a home and we are going to be that home and be prepared for them. And so it may seem like failures. You may try and it ends up not working out. God may ask you or tell you that he has a business for you to start, a nonprofit for you to start, and you just can't see your way. He may tell you you he has a book for you to write, but you, you know, you write, maybe you write a book and it, and it doesn't go anywhere, you know, but in that time, were you learning something? Were you learning to be more intuit, into, intuitive to his spirit in leading and guiding you? Were you able to focus on making your environment a place that you can create? Were you focused on, you know, or did you learn how to make yourself more productive to, um, make yourself more organized, you know, did you learn certain strategies and learn certain avenues that you did not know about? So when he approaches you again, that you can now apply what you've learned to what it is that he wants you to do. Did you take all of the lessons? If it was a painful failure, don't let that pain stop you, but let that pain have purpose because you can take what you failed at and do an autopsy of the failure. Why did I fail? Maybe if I did this, oh, I didn't do enough research in this area. So let me go at it again and do a little bit more studying. Let me be a little bit more um, in tune with God and direction and, and of what he wants me to do and be because being in that place of just being in sync with God is important as well. And that means you have to have your environment be an environment that supports that. You know, you have to have people around you that have that same sound that are not taking away from you, but adding to you. You have to have your life structured in such a way that you're not so busy, but you are quiet enough, leaning in always to be able to listen and hear what it is that God has to say, how he wants to direct you because he's not going to yell. And if you're not listening or intent on listening, then you won't hear him. And sometimes we blame God for our failures and we say, Lord, you should have stopped that or, you know, this, or why did you allow that? Or why did you allow this? And we don't realize that he was trying to get our attention, but we weren't open to hearing or to stopping and listening. We had our excuses, you know, we let things distract us. You know, sometimes we distract ourselves willingly, 
you know, because we don't want to deal with certain things. And I'm not saying that you can never do that. Sometimes we do need to do that. We just need a break and we just want to, you know, distract ourselves, but don't let it be a habit or continual. If you distract yourself for a moment, then get up. If you stop for a moment to rest, then get back up and keep moving. It reminds me of this. I was listening to a minister. I believe it was T.D. Jakes. And they were talking about Abraham. And it was very interesting because they mentioned Abraham's father. Now, if you're familiar with the story of Abraham, God told him to leave his father's house. So to leave what he was familiar with and to go to a land that he will show him. He didn't give him any directions. He just told him to get up and to go. And Abraham did just that with no direction. He got up and he left and God directed him. What was interesting is this person mentioned that they had done a study about Abraham's father and that God had done the same thing with Abraham's father, but Abraham's father ended up stopping to rest in a certain place and just never moved after that. So a place that was meant for him to rest, he ended up residing in. So he never got beyond that space. He never got back up and continued. So it was very interesting because he was saying, what if Abraham's father is who like God had wanted to do have him be the father of many nations. And he approached him, but he either got tired or weary and decided he wasn't going to go any further. And he just, I'm just going to reside here. Even though this isn't what you showed me, I'm just going to rest here and stay here. It's okay. It's enough. And sometimes we have that mindset, you know, and that can be kind of detrimental to what God wants to do in our lives and through us. Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in our comfort, because even if we do something, maybe it wasn't a failure, but maybe it was successful, but maybe you know inside of you that there's something more, but you had a certain level of success, whatever that success may be, it doesn't have to be monetary, but you had a certain level of success, you reached a certain amount of people, and but you just know inside of you that there's something more. But you decide, you know what, this was good. This was good enough. I'm just going to settle here. But there's something greater that God wanted to do. So since now you settled, now he needs to find someone else. And now that gets, you see how that happened? Because if God approached Abraham's father first and Abraham's father kind of stopped halfway up the mountain, so to speak, now it went to his his seed. Now it went to his son. Not if Abraham had done the same thing, now it would. So how many times, how many lines down that lineage did that happen before someone said, I'm going to follow you all the way? It's very interesting because with my children, I asked God and I said, why? Because there were certain things that needed to be broken off of them, off of their line, their lineage, their 
And so I said to God, you know, one that time I had a conversation with him and I said, I don't understand this because usually, and I'm, I said, if you called me to do something, I know who you created me to be. And it's to break something off of someone, you know, to take a different path because I know who he made me. And so if you brought them here to me, I know what you want me to do. But then I don't understand because wouldn't that be something that would be done through a legacy like my bloodline? Why wouldn't it have been done through children that I gave birth to? And then I understood that there's something that God wants to do in that, in those children, something he wants broken off of that line that has carried from generation to generation and it needed to end. And it would, if I continued and didn't give up, it would end with me, with them, because I would end it. But their parents, their lineage couldn't do it. And so God had to bring someone else in outside of their lineage to do it. And I always said somebody was praying for those children because it's something that I, certain things that I see that carry that I can see before them. And then I have information before them even just that carried from generation to generation. And then I started to see those same things in my children and I said, no, that is not going to continue. And I show them and teach them ways to fight against that and to break that themselves so that they recognize. And so that will no longer carry from them. It ends there. So what does God have for you to end? Because there is something that he wants you to do in the earth. It could be in your own family line. It could be as far as, you know, um, touching several lives to break chains off of whatever chain it is. Could be the chain of poverty, could be the chain of depression. It could be so many different things. You know, what is it in you that is such a burning passion? What has he put inside of you? What is something that when you put your hand to it, it's just blessed. You see him move, you see him work, and you don't even have to really do much. It just happens. There's something that he put inside of you. So my parting thought, thought is, let's take a look at our failures, especially when it comes on the heels of something that we knew without a doubt that God has asked us to do. Let's not take him allowing us to fail as that there's something wrong with us or we heard wrong, but let's take it as okay. Because sometimes he takes you through different experience. A lot of times he takes you to different experiences. So you will learn. So learn what you can from that experience, wherever you are. If you're in this job, learn and glean what you can from there. 
every place that you are in, every position that you are placed in with everything and take it and store it because it's picking up different pieces, different pieces of value that will help you when you get to that ultimate place that he has for you to be. And if you have that habit of taking these gems, taking these gems, what is he showing you in this? What is he showing you in that? You will come to a point where you can look back on your life and you can see the different parts. Oh, that happened. And I felt that that was such a horrible situation, but I learned this. And so when I went over here and I got in this situation, I was able to take what I learned from there and apply it here. You know, and that really happens, I think, once you're in your 40s, because you can really actually look back a couple decades and, you know, of adulthood and, and see the patterns. You know, you can look back and you can see he allowed me to go through this and I hated it. You know, I felt like, why? But I see now here, 10 years later, two decades later, if I have not gone, had not gone through that, then I wouldn't have had the wisdom for this. That then led me to this. And then, you know, so you begin to see how it all connects. So let's take that with us this week, this year. Just always. And if you need to, ask him. Especially if you're in a situation that you are resisting, a situation that makes you uncomfortable, a situation that you would prefer not to be in, that you want to get out of, but you know that God has you there. Take yourself and your feelings and put it aside and lean in and say, Lord, what would you have me to learn here? And if you come to him with that posture and to every situation that he allows you to be in, whether it be something that you love or something that you hate, he'll be able to use you even more greatly. Thank you for joining Vialog. We'll see you next time.